Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text hope NY in New York. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And welcome back to the Wolverine Live. I am John Borton. I've got Tom Crawford with me, as always, on Tuesday nights. And we've got a whole heck of a lot to talk about. Obviously, breaking news uh, last night. And uh, Jim Harbaugh back in the fold as if he would say, I was never gone. But you've got him talking to Denver. You've got him uh, having other uh, conversations with NFL types. And the, the Question was, would he act on this NFL interest that he has carried for a while? And as it turns out, uh, University of Michigan President Santa Ono says, uh, no, I've talked to Jim. He's coming back. Jim expresses his own uh, uh, fact that, uh, hey, no, I'm back. Here it is. Here's that famous tweet that got everybody going. I just got off the phone with Coach Harbaugh, and Jim shared with me the great news that he is going to remain as head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. That is fantastic news that I have communicated to our athletic director, Ward Manuel. That statement in itself got some uh, attention. Go Blue. All right, Tom Crawford. 
tell, tell me this. Good news, great news, <laughs> just glad it's done. I know that you've fallen into that camp at times. And what did you make of the wording of, of Santa Ono's uh, release in that, uh, you know, I've, uh, I've heard this is going to happen. I'm going to communicate this to, uh, to Ward Manuel, the athletic director. You mean we're not going to leave with Michigan's women's basketball win over Michigan State? I thought that was the headliner this week. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> No doubt. <laughs> no, uh, it was uh, it just just this whole thing is uh, maybe charade is too much of a, a, a too negative term, but I, I every day is is a new day of 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 of, 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 of wow factor of this how this whole thing is playing out. You know, I was I had twenty five thirty years in, in corporate communications in a, in a corporate environment where the the CEO of the company. Uh, allows his uh, high-level executives to do their job, right, and do all, you know, let them do, and not, not, you know, he hires and pays them a lot of money to do their job. And this whole thing of of Jim Harbaugh doing an end run uh, to the president and and calling him on the phone, and then President Ono, and I, I love his enthusiasm for athletics. Don't get me wrong, this is great, but it's a little bizarre. Let's just say he's tweeting this out. The contract hasn't really been signed. And, and then he says, yeah, and I'll let Ward know. It's almost, I mean, look at that quote. It's like, it's got a little wow factor to it that he would tweet that out. Um, and the world that I was brought up in corporate America, it, you don't show your dirty laundry. And in Michigan, I mean, Santa Ono is a little bit too transparent for my blood. I mean, you could have taken this information, you know it, worked on that, and then announced it when it's all done. And it, he's kind of doing a little Buster Springbot here, you know, of getting overly involved. And when you have an athletic director that they're both doing an end run, it's like, where's Ward Manuel in this situation, who's a high-paid executive? I mean, it's it, it's it, it's just crazy. It's crazy. But let me, before I go back, before anybody jumps on me on that, because I got a lot of feedback, and I love the feedback from the passionate Michigan base, but don't get me wrong, is that all that matters to me on this whole situation is the football players, the 110 kids or whatever, are happy because it's their program. It's it's not uh, the fans' program. It's the alumni of fans and, 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 and media. It's not their program. It's the players' program. And, and, and I talked to ex-players. They have ownership in this program. So, so but what my opinion is irrelevant in all this stuff because I'm not, I don't have this, I am, you know, I'm an alumnus, but I'm not a, I never played in the program. So I, so I'm stepping out of bounds by saying they should do this or should do that because it's, it's matter as long as the players are happy with Jim Harbaugh returning, I'm happy because it's their, they put the work in, it's their program. I will say this much on the, on the Santa Ono uh, question. I, I hear what you're saying, and yet I, I, I'm doing this comparison in my mind between uh, University of Michigan presidents that either couldn't care less about athletics and had this almost unspoken disdain for it, as opposed to this guy who wants to be the best in everything, including athletics, and he is jumping in with both feet in this kind of situation and and saying no no what what you've had the last two years 
you have to, we have to continue and, uh, and let's get this done. I can clearly understand um, that Ward Manuel in, in the way that was communicated, he, he probably is feeling a little bit uh, uh, maybe uneasy. You think? Uh, <laughs> communicated to, to Ward Manuel and instead of having him out front in it. But I, I think on the whole, you're better off having a president that uh, that says, look, um, I am going to be hands-on in everything, and if this is a situation that I need to oversee, I'm going to oversee it. My question to you now becomes, um, and you have expressed this concern before, okay, what if, it, what if we're here again next year? What if it, uh, you know... It, what if the same thing repeats? Is this is this the downside? What uh, is that a, a genuine concern of yours, or do you think that okay, we've done this two years, and now uh, they're, they're talking new contract, they're talking bigger buyout. Uh, supposedly, Jim Harbaugh is going to be one of the highest paid coaches in the nation in college. Are we past this? Uh, I, I, you know, I, I want to think that, and I think the buyout is, is a, is a good thing, but I, I, I'm really curious to know, I mean, when he committed last year, he's, he's told last year at this time, oh, I'm tied into Michigan. I'm not going anywhere. This is the place to be. And, and I, and I love his quote, uh, don't try to out happy, happy, you know? Okay. So is he going to try to out happy, happy next year? I mean, I mean, the problem is John is what I, you know, you have, Years ago, I mean, the Brady Hoke era, uh, you know, the early part of Harbaugh era, and even in back in the Rich Rod era, when Michigan was still doing good recruiting and not having really, you know, not having championship teams, I used to say to myself, God, can you imagine if Michigan won the Big Ten championship at beat Ohio State a couple years in a row, what that would do to recruiting? Can you imagine what would happen to recruiting? And look what's happened to recruiting. They're 20th, according to your platform, 20th in the country, coming off a second straight CFP appearance. Why is that? It's lack of trust. When you have a coach that has these flirtations with the NFL, I mean, it you, you, the parents, and the, you got to walk in the shoes of recruits, walk in the shoes of the parents of the recruits. There's a lack of trust, okay? Because you don't wear, this guy's saying one thing, on sunny day he's out there uh, you're visiting the Minnesota Vikings, as on reported, you know, two-hour uh Phone call with the Denver Broncos. He had conversations with the Panthers and who knows what else. Okay. So my question or my question back to you is this, and I'm asking myself this question, John. So I want to hopefully make this interactive between the two of us. Is is Jim Harbaugh doing this for clearly a rev leverage sake? So he's playing the NFL that he has no intentions of leaving Michigan. He's playing the NFL that if he does this, he can get an NIL. Uh, pot of, or revenue generation, these pots of gold, where every member of his 110, I mean, even beyond these 85 scholarships, because even the walk-ons can have a quote-unquote base compensation and then have an NIL on top of that. Is that what his goal is? And so he's leveraging via the NFL flirtation to the University of Michigan and even in court where the, the president has to get him and has to get involved, which is a little bizarre. I mean, I'm going to say for a top, the number one public university in the country, that typically doesn't happen. Okay. 
Um, but my my point is this: is that is it just? Do you think it's just a leverage thing? And Jim Harbaugh is clearly just playing the NFL to get what his assistants paid more, the NIL revenue generation more, his players, so he can compete with the SEC school. I do not, and I think uh, some of these things tie together, and I'm going to try and uh, weave them together as I okay. answer what uh, what you pose there. I think Jim Harbaugh's interest in the NFL is genuine, and I think it has been, and I think it, it remains so and is going to remain so because uh, he didn't get, uh, you know, he, he lost to, to uh, his brother in the Super Bowl. Had he won that game, maybe he feels different. Maybe he would still have the – the itch to, uh, hey, maybe I can go back and, and do that again. But I, I think his uh, his interest in the NFL is absolutely gen- genuine and maybe higher than the NFL's interest in him. I, I think you certainly yeah. had one uh, franchise that was very interested, and I think the Denver Broncos, I think that interest was real. And we've heard, I mean, there were various levels of communication with other teams and whether or not they they had any serious interest if you had had four or five teams that were actively waging a uh uh we need you we we want to uh have you in our town and uh and take us to the super bowl that kind of thing it might have been different now did it help jim harbaugh in this situation when he's trying to get all of those things that you mentioned along with maybe a a contract for himself that makes him feel the sort of love that he certainly did not feel after 2020 when you get your salary cut and you you, there's this general sense that uh okay well if he if he leaves what has he really done here yeah he's we're not five and seven like we were in 2014 but I mean, in terms of bottom line, Ohio State and Big Ten championships and playoffs, and now so much different. That narrative has completely changed. Now Jim Harbaugh is once again the guy that's going to come and turn it all back around. He's the guy that we need. Um, You know, excuse me, average fan on the street saying those kind of things. And as far as... The NIL, I think, quite honestly, that's a greater reason for the number 20 in recruiting than what's happened with the uh, the NFL. So, so discussion okay, so let me interrupt you then. So you're saying you're saying <coughs> I heard from fellow media people. I'm not going to name names for years. Oh, Michigan can't compete with the SEC cheats. Okay, we can't compete with them. Well, now cheating is legalized. Let's be real. I mean, it's legalized. You can pay your players. Okay. So that, that quote unquote victim excuse is, is gone. If, because you have a platform called the NIL. Okay. So you're saying that even with president Ono being incredibly bullish on athletics, incredibly committed that, that they can't get that NIL monies to, and I don't know if the board of regents has involvement in this. uh, They can't get that NIL levels to the S to the teams in the South that continue to beat Michigan when we get into postseason play? I think there's a difference in how they're going about it. And I think that's going to be need to be addressed in some fashion. The take at Michigan, and I've sat right across the table from uh, Ward Manuel 
and, uh, and pose this question. What about the differences? And he will tell you, and Jim has, uh, has parroted these words to some extent, uh, and maybe out of feeling the necessity to do so, that, look, we are not going to use NIL to recruit. It's not that that is not what the uh, the spirit of the rules intended. So you have to let me interject because I, when you pose that question, I think and maybe our listeners probably feel the same way. So in other words, you put a one you put one year in of work, then you're eligible for the valiant for the valiant money. OK, you can't use it as an entice, enticement as an incoming freshman. That's the difference that you're citing between the SEC and Michigan. Is that no. No question. The SEC okay. and, and other places, I mean, they, okay. they are they are clearly using NIL as a recruiting tool. Okay. Now, the, the question becomes, as Michigan uh, gets self-reflective and looks at this, and Santa Ono has his input and has people studying it, does it become, okay, we can, we can – uh, raise the bar as far as what we're doing in this area and still maintain the um, the integrity that we feel is uh, is Michigan and is Michigan football. Okay. I, I think, you know, you mentioned, hey, they've they've legalized paying players. Well, the 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 point of uh, discussion and the point point of departure is have they legalized it to this to the extent where uh, you know I can go out and, and say to uh, uh, a high school senior, "Look, you come here next year, we're going to put three million dollars in your pocket." Yeah, futuristically. Yeah, and should you? And so after after, after your freshman year, yeah, and, and you know you still have those things that are are getting talked about, and you know. Michigan fans, some Michigan fans will slap the forehead and say, look, they're all doing it now. But it was this, it's like that old argument before. Well, everybody's cheating. Can, can, why can't Michigan do a little stuff under the table? Well, because, you know, as, uh, as Bo Schembechler laid down a long time ago, if you cheat, you've already lost. And that has been the sense at Michigan. Okay. And they're still trying to keep that distinction here. But – you know, I, I think that what happens with NIL, and I think it's really going to be addressed because I think, you know, it, behind closed doors, Jim Harbaugh has no, uh, I, I would think he would have no hesitation at all to tell a Santa Ono or tell a Ward Manual exactly what he thinks about NIL and the disadvantage Michigan is at if it refuses to, uh, you know, get involved in in any level of uh, dealing with recruits in a way that is going to, you know, promise uh, uh, a certain amount that if you're here, you're going to be taken care of. So I think this is probably getting Santa Ono thinking, okay, Let's take a really good hard look at this and see, I want to compete at the highest level. What are we going to need to do to compete and still maintain what we uh, feel are the standards that we want to abide by? And it's clear that, uh, that 
Santa Ono has a um, has some sway with Ward Manuel. I mean, he's he's his boss, and so. Well, wait, but what, what does Ward Manuel do right now? He's not even involved with the, uh, with it, you know, at least, you know, from a from from what we see in in in, in written reports. I mean, and, and you know, when you get when you got the the president tweeting out, uh, you know, without even you know just telling him that we're going to tell you that that he that he's going to come. I mean, it, it, it's just nuts. And it, and 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 so maybe Ward Manuel, maybe 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 it's just not working out. Maybe maybe. He's sending a subliminal message that uh, you know Ward is not going to be around. I don't know, and 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 Ward's a good guy, and he's done some great things. Look at how winning pro, look at this winning program that we have. But then people come say, yeah, but what happened to Beeline? You know, some you know Beeline left. Okay, what is Beeline? What was Beeline? Did he leave because of Ward Manuel? We don't know that. Some people think that that was because. Of, how about Eric Backer? Should we not play pay him enough? The, the baseball coach? Are we not committed to baseball? Is that not, you know, it's a non-rev, so we don't do that. We lost, you know, so we lost him. You know, I mean, these are these are questions that when you 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 try to evaluate uh, the athletic director. But but back back to you know back to my point about Harbaugh. I, I you know I think if he's going to be, this is my point about him. You know, I love the continuity of the staff. This is a great football team next year. We won't find out how good they are until October twenty first until they play Michigan State, pretty much when you look at that schedule. And then the back half, we'll, we'll learn more about the Penn State game, the Maryland game, and the road game, and then Ohio State game at home, okay? So, and and Georgia's got a, even a softer schedule. With them. So I'm not hating on Michigan's schedule, okay, people, okay? We'll get off this off, okay? So, Especially if they go 13-0 uh, and 0 again to yeah, start I'd out. like to see this, okay? Because when you look back at Jim Harbaugh's six consecutive bowl losses, he has a, he has trouble – playing outside of the Big Ten, particularly in the southern part of the country. Talk about TCU. He lost to South Carolina. I know maybe these are meaningless bowl game. I mean, not TCU game, but uh, losing to Florida State and uh, in the Orange Bowl. He lost to Florida. He beat Florida and in, in, uh, Dallas, a game I attended, in a regular season game, but he lost. He got blown out in a bowl game. He's lost to Georgia. He got blown out by Alabama, and he lost to TCU, okay? So he has a, he has a difficult – Time beating teams in the South, and he, he can't win the last. He can't when it's under the lights, the big game, the bowl game. He has trouble winning that game. And but, but he's done great things the last two years, and the culture is terrific. And I commend him. But I'd like to see if he is the top five paid coach in America. I'd like to see him, you know, do a little bit better in the quote unquote postseason, and see if they can win a bowl game. See if they can 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 beat a team from another region of the country. Uh, in a neutral setting, a bull setting, and then that will definitely get my attention um, and that he's earning his pay. And clearly that's the next step. Yeah. Clearly that is the next step. But, I mean, in, in some ways you look at it and it wasn't all that long ago, if you dial it back uh, a few years, pre-Jim Harbaugh, that the question wasn't, okay, uh, can can he beat these top teams? Can he can he win the bowl game? Can he uh, he win the playoff game? Can he beat the very best teams? And you, as you were ticking off the the names, Georgia and Alabama, do you see how the competition at the end of the schedule has been raised? Well, it I mean, South Carolina, I mean, South Carolina, Florida State, Florida, the bowl ver the version of Florida. Those are games that I I know you got opt outs. I get all that, but everybody has opt outs. I'm just I understand. Saying. But what I'm but what I'm saying, I, I just want to finish my statement here is, I mean, yes, Michigan needs to take that step. 
But it wasn't all that long ago before Jim Harbaugh that we were talking about can Michigan make a bowl game? And well, that, yeah. that's, that's ridiculous. That's, yeah. that's snap. He has a winningest program in America. Okay, so seven, you know, you were we're eight years in now, and he's done a terrific job the last two years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Terrific job. And now we're going through this postseason charade with the flirtation of the NFL. You know, it seems like, oh yeah, he's always wanting to win a Super Bowl. How about always wanting to win a national championship? How about how about always wanting to win a CFP game? Okay. Take it that next level. Doesn't he have that? I mean, he's making enough money, and money supposedly is not an issue. So why is it temptation to go to the NFL to 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 uh, win a Super Bowl when there's more parity involved? When it's you know more difficult to do that versus mm-hmm. the you know the power schools and Michigan's a power school and elite school is a better chance. So the, I, I, that's the part that confuses me when everybody says, "Oh, he's got that itch because he wants to win a Super Bowl." I'd like to see him say, "I want to win a national championship for my alma mater." I want to do that in the worst way. I'd love to hear him say that one time. There's more parody. There's more, uh, you know, I guess there's more autonomy in the NFL. Uh, and it may be tough to to win, but you don't have some of the built-in impediments that you have in college football. He's dealing with one right now in what sounds like uh, fairly – um, uh, run-of-the-mill NCAA violations that he's had to deal with. And you're talking about recruiting and NIL and how is Michigan going to react to NIL, those sorts of things. But I, I just I, – I think I understand his interest in the NFL. It is the highest level of football that is played. Uh, but I also think – he is, you know, he's he's made this decision like he made it last year. He was certainly all in when it came to Michigan football this year. Um, you, we might not like the results of that final game against TCU. You'd like to see a couple things happen differently. But certainly, as you look at the season as a whole, unbelievable season. The last two seasons, unbelievable season. You win that win at Columbus – was um, to me, I, I get it. You get a trophy for one, uh, the Big Ten championship, but beating Ohio State in Columbus was the highlight, certainly, of, uh, of any Michigan fan season, watching that season play out. Here's my question. <laughs> if we're here again next year, if we're, you know, you have these worries and you're, have Don't worry about it. you know what <laughs> what uh, our friend angelique changelis calls i think it what is it har harbaugh harbaugh or har harberry uh G- turning january into the discussion of whether or not jim is going to uh stay around or not the, the question becomes is the uh the juice worth the squeeze as they say oh You're, that's good he, you're going to you're going to have these great seasons and build on them, but my question to you, Tom Crawford, is it worth it to go through this uh, uh, again for a second year and maybe a third year? Who knows? And have that doubt. Well, it's worth it to me because I love Michigan, and you know, and, and you know, and and it, and it is sports, and in the big picture of things, uh, it's just sports. Okay, so I mean. 
I, I have a good perspective on life. I mean, it's it's kind of, you know, embarrassing a little bit, you know, trying to defend your alma mater when you, you know, you see it, they're on a scroll under, uh, you know, for a variety. It, it seems like drama going on all the time. But the bottom line is I love this team. I love, I, you know, it, you've been covering Michigan uh, from a media standpoint much much uh, longer than I have, but this team, uh, when when you when you you see a Chris Jenkins up there, and you talk to him, and you JJ McCarthy, and 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 but you these guys are good. They're, they're great kids. They're great kids, and you want to see him succeed. And I this JJ McCarthy thing, I, I you know I know I go a little bit overboard, but he will. I am predicting he's going to be in New York next year for the Heisman uh, Awards ceremony. And I'm going to predict on a personal level, he's going to be my favorite Michigan quarterback of all time, going back to Bob Timberlake, to Rick Leach, to Chad Henney and beyond. Okay. I mean, he has got everything I like in a quarterback. So I'm super excited about this team. But a year from now, if this charade happens again, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hope that Jim, you know, finally gets an offer and he goes on because I, from people that I know, I think there's, a, there's two guys on this staff who could keep this culture that Jim has created these last couple of years and maintain it and, and hopefully keep some of those staff members, whether it be Sharon Moore or Mike Hart, who could take the reins and take this program forward. Okay. Mike Hart's recruiting his ass off right now. And, and I, I you know, there, this is a good staff. It's the best. Not only is what this is one of my favorite teams as players and kids that we've gotten to know, but this staff is a stellar staff and this offensive line is coming back and Sharon Moore, for, they could get the Joe Moore award for the third year in a row. I mean, there's so much to be excited about. So if Jim, after next year, says, okay, I, you know, if someone's going to offer me, I'm going to take it. He goes on, makes your own more, I'm happy. Make him. But I want to keep this culture engaged because if Jim left and he took a bunch of his staff members with him and they didn't hire internally, then the whole thing blows up. It completely blows up. We're back to a blank canvas again, even though the brand is a terrific brand. And, and we've lost all that leverage. And, and with a transfer portal the way it is, it's like rats off a ship. So in that regard, I'm glad what's hap- what supposedly is going to happen, hopefully this week, that the contract will be signed and and we can move forward. Very good. I'm going to agree with you, Tom Crawford, on the first part of that, that the juice <laughs> is worth Not the all squeeze. Of it. it has been worth the – well, I'll get to that. It has been worth the squeeze the last two years because – uh, arguably, these are the best two Michigan football seasons since uh, 1947 and 48. Yeah, I agree. National championship years. I was talking about that with uh, another mutual friend, John Bacon, uh, just the other day. And, you know, it, that's, uh, that's hard to let go of. I mean, Michigan f- football fans don't want to see that go away, what right. has happened these last two years, period. And I was thinking a lot about this today. Here's here's my parallel. Here's what I liken it to. Someone says to you, Tom Crawford, all right, Tom, um, I, I, I'm, I, I've got a lot of multi-millionaire. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a billionaire, and I, I've got I've got this really nice place, hundred million dollar mansion on the uh, on the Monterey Peninsula, and I, I'm going to let you live there for a year. And uh, I won't charge. I won't charge you a dime. 
to live there. You can use everything stocked. Don't worry about it. There's a private jet. Somebody will fly you back from Michigan games and we'll hired wire the place so that you can be on the Wolverine live every Tuesday. That's don't worry about any of that. Would you accept it knowing that uh, the, the billionaire says, now I'm going to come back here for a year from now and we'll talk about whether, what, what, how we're going to continue this. Um, I think most people would say, you know what? This is pretty cool. Let's let's keep this rolling. And that's where Michigan football fan is right now. I don't want to change this. I understand yeah, that, the, yeah. that, that next year might be different. But you know what? I'm going to roll with this for now. And that's <laughs> – I'm, I'm just – I think that they're saying, you know – Let's keep this going as long as we possibly can. And I hear you say, I, I hear you say that about the um, the uh, guys that might be able to step in and do the job um, from within. Maybe there could be somebody really good from without. I I I, I hearken back. I thought John Bacon the other day made a point that I hadn't really thought about so much. He says it's one thing to think you have the solution and that you're just going to keep it rolling. And then there's what happens in reality of being the Michigan football head coach said, Rich Rodriguez did great things in West Virginia, came to Michigan. Uh, uh, Brady Hoke has done great things before and after Michigan. Uh, uh, didn't happen here. So, I mean, I think, like you think, that Sharon Moore and Mike Hart could uh, step in, maybe with some other guys on the staff, uh, eventually, and, and keep this thing rolling. But there's no guarantee. No, th th there's not. And by the way, the Monterey, it's raining on the Monterey Peninsula. I don't want to go there. I'm just going to tell you. Right. Forget that. I'm not even, it's not even tempting to Tom Crawford. All right. Okay. No, but uh, yeah, very valid point. You know, and Michigan fans, um, this involvement with Wolverine.com, and I've been exposed to a lot of Michigan fans. I got them all around me. I got fraternity brothers from school with there. And I mean, the passion level for Michigan as it isn't at an all time high. Right now, I mean, it's crazy love, and I love that passion. I love it, and it, it you know, the fact when, when people get irritated when they don't necessarily agree with what should happen, uh, that's fine because I love the passion. It matters to them. But I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm, you know, I'm surprised that so many people are dug in on this. Uh, you're, you're in the Harbaugh camp. You can do no wrong. It's, 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 it's very polarized. Or else. I'm I'm done with this. I'm done with this blank. You know, I'm so tired of this crap, blah, 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 blah. You want to go, go on. You said this to us last year. You're doing it to us again. Uh, you, you know, you you have a, a contentious situation with the a former teammate of you, you know, and you the AD, and that that does that's not look good. And then you got a overly involved president, which has its good attributes, but then is this what you're gonna do? Are you are you just uh, are you are you a president who wants to be an athletic director? I think there's bigger fish to fry at the University of Michigan, the number one public university in the country. That's just my opinion. Okay. So uh, and I'm sure once that AD head coach relationship, whether that's word manual or not, um, gets ironed out, um, we'll we'll go forward to that. But it it is it, it's a little weird, and I, I and and that's I just compare 
I care. I, I compare Michigan and, and, and intercollegiate athletics with the business world and things I've been involved with in my professional life. And there's so many parallels and it mystifies me how things are getting done. Lately. That's that's my takeaway. I understand. There are things so much more important than football. And yes. I get that uh, as as someone who has uh, had people very close to me work in uh, in Michigan medicine up at the at the U hospital and at Mott and all these yeah. you know all the the things that the is uh, that Michigan means I understand that and yet I think you might have in uh, Santa Ono um, someone who also understands that there's not much more high profile uh, that they do in, in relating to the public than this gateway to to Michigan. <laughs> that is Michigan football. No, that, I, uh, I mean, I mean. You, you know, you're 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 packing I'm that an example of that, John. John, I decided when I was eight years old, thanks to Cassie Lee Russell, that I was going to go to Michigan. I committed verbally at eight years old. Okay, I'm going to Michigan. Okay. I said that as, you know, why? It had nothing to do with academics. No. I mean, to do with a communications program. No. It's because I loved the Wolverine basketball team. And then ultimately in that same year, Michigan won the Rose Bowl. And they were number four in the nation. They beat Oregon State 34 to 7. Mel Anthony had a 93 yard touchdown run. I remember it vividly. Okay. So that passion level was athletics for me. But I just, I, I, I want to have, I want to have with a president, I'd like, to, to strike out from Mark Schlissel to, to Santa Ono, I like a little balance in between where you, you know, what there's a sweet spot. Maybe Robin Fleming when I was in school was that sweet spot, you know, knows, knows it's important, but let's Don Canham handle all that stuff with Bo Schembechler, including that AM flirtation. The one time that Bo had a flirtation right after the Blue Bonnet Bowl of the January or of the of the 81 season, a couple days, and it was done. Okay. Um, and, and not have to be involved. And I, and I think moving forward, that will be smoothed out. I'm hoping that will be smoothed out. I do. I, I do think the same, but I also think that, you know, with, with Santa Ono, I see how involved he is in so many areas. And if he at some point wants to say to uh, the, the people that run the hospital, look, uh, I, I want the absolute top surgeons kept. And if we have to pay them a little more, yes. do it. So, yes. you know, there you go. It's, it's kind of uh, alike. But this, this, this hour is flying, and I, want to, I <laughs> do want to talk a little basketball, but I first want to, I want to talk about this. Harbaugh uh, is on board. He's in. Uh, Blake Corum is in. Oh, you've got uh, uh, Zach Sinter back. Right unfinished business, Trevor Keegan back, yeah. unfinished business, all these guys tweeting out, Hey, I'm, I'm in it. And we are all full speed ahead. My question to you, Tom Crawford is this, um, given the fact that they are getting so much back, give me a little feel for the early Tom Crawford, uh, uh, optimism regarding the 2023 season, because we've already seen on a national level. It's one thing for you and I to, to say, well, like we did last year, we think that uh, Michigan's going to go into Ohio State uh, undefeated and we'll see what happens from there. Now, 
You've got people on the national level saying top two, two team in the nation, top three team in the nation. Your early thoughts on, on the 2023 Wolverines. Well, when we finally officially heard that C.J. Stroud is leaving Ohio State, okay? Great news, okay, from a Michigan standpoint, <laughs> okay? All the CFP teams uh, and, 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 and many of the Big Ten teams, uh, in particular Sean Clifford leaving Penn State, I mean, everybody's got to have breaking a new quarterback. Michigan has the best quarterback in the country and coming back, J.J. McCarthy. I know he had the two pick sixes. He's going to learn from it. I'm bullish on this kid. I think he's going to have a great year. And you have that surrounded – talk about what, you know, Mikey Sanders still is coming back on, on, on defense. Michael Barrett, he's coming – I mean, everybody's coming back for the party, okay? And, and so I expect when uh, game 12 happens in Ann Arbor, uh, November 25th, I believe it is, Michigan is going to be 11-0 going into that game. Uh and I think they're going to win that game. And I think they're going to go 12 and 0 and see what happens. I won't go any further on that. We'll see what happens. Uh, what, and they'll, they'll probably go 13 and 0. They'll probably be back. Well, let's just go 12 and 0. Okay. I think they're going to beat Ohio State. I think they're going to be Big Ten champions. Okay. But I, what I'd like to see, uh, what I hope to see is an aerial game that a vertical aerial game where the wideouts that improves dramatically from what we had this past year. Okay. And is that this Darius Clemens that we were excited about after the spring game last year. Um, he's, he's, I, he, I think he's six foot four. He's a tall receiver. Okay. I hope he has a breakout year. CJ's coming back. That's cool. But CJ's coming. I mean, it's like, I'm used to back in the day of Michigan having great wide receivers coming in every year. And with recruiting, back to recruiting, I'm not seeing that, you know. And, um, yeah, it's great CJ's coming back, but it's because, you know, I'm saying it's great he's coming back because there's nobody to fill the void. You know, I mean, and Andrew Anthony left, and I understand that. Um, but, yeah, if the receiving core, to answer your question, can up their game a little bit, uh, Michigan's going to going to have a great season and we'll, and we'll get to the CFP and win the big 10 title and, and hopefully compete better and hopefully win, win, win just win the semi, you know, I'll just throw baby steps, get to the title game. Okay. I'm not going to get great. Uh, get yeah. to that. You vote for Tudor on the CFP semi, win the CFP semi. That would be awesome. I understand what you're saying about the wide receivers and upping the passing game in general. I agree. I'd like to see more games where Michigan, uh, intentionally devotes time uh, to having that 300-yard passing attack uh, as opposed to we know we know what they can do on the ground. We know absolutely. they can beat teams into submission before you have to absolutely have to do it, like it, uh, against the TCU. Uh, make sure that if you have to go to that two-minute attack, uh, if you have to – go to a, a pass-heavy game that you are going to be completely ready. I think, for me, one of the biggest things to watch on the, the, this team, and I, I will again go into this season thinking that uh, they will go against the Buckeyes with everything on the line, the trip to Indy, probably a trip to the playoffs, all of that. Um, watch what happens. Watch can they, can they pull – a, um, a, a the same thing that they did with uh, with the transfers in last year. 
they're, uh, you've raised the bar there. You're bringing yeah. more guys in. Can they uh, be the Olu Oluwatimis of 2022? Yeah, exactly. You're, you, you may be starting a couple of those linemen that are offensive linemen that are transferring in. You're probably going to be starting the, uh, the uh, linebacker from Nebraska. Right. And uh, the the big tight end from Indiana, he's he's going to add to that passing attack. Okay, are they going to have the sort of mindset that uh, Olu Oluwatimi yes. brought to this team and be such a leader and be such a a good fit in guy and understand get grasp the whole Michigan thing? And uh, I, I think that's going to be something really to watch throughout spring ball, throughout to hear how their teammates talk about them and, uh, and hear how they talk in terms yeah. of, okay, they, I really wanted to jump on board with a big time winner and I'm going to do whatever I need to do and, uh, and subjugate my own um, interests and wishes. Sure. I'd like to have individual success, but uh, I get it. This is the, this is the place of the team, the team, the team. And I want to be part of that. Well, I think that's I, you know, back back to the receiver, and uh, you know, those are all really valid points. But I mean, it's like, and maybe the portal can do this. But I mean, I got to go back to a guy in the red. This go this fixes the red zone issue because let's go back to the 05 Michigan Penn State game. Last play of the game, okay. Last play of the game, a walk off win. Michigan beats 10, Penn State. I think that was 05. Chad Henning to Mario Manningham. Do we have a wide receiver that can make that? play you know uh a mario manningham i would love on this team and i don't know if, if, if there's one out there a ronnie bell's uh fact that ronnie bell's moving on that's going to be a huge boy what a leader that guy is what an incredible guy that was uh he had a great year but you need somebody like that you can count there and that will help that red zone issue that has been issued because you know in big games the red zone came back all the all the gremlins that michigan had fought came back in that tcu game you know, but you know, down there they couldn't they couldn't punch it in. Then they try to get cute with Bill, you know, with with the the end around. Um, and you know, you, then all of a sudden everything started to unravel from that. And all of a sudden it's twenty one to three, along with the other issues and bad you know bad calls and things like that. But so I'd like you know an Adrian Arrington, some big receiver who can make a play. Derek, you know, Derek Alexander. That's what I'm hoping. Maybe in the portal or some other, or maybe an emerging person that's in the program can step out and, and be that guy maybe in the portal maybe yes I, I i honestly think that one of one or two of these guys from last year's recruiting class is going to step up yeah, in like a big, big way like darius clemens a absolutely you know we talked about this on the defensive side last year oh man how, how are you ever going to make up for what what uh, david ajabo and aiden hutchinson gave you and all of a sudden you know you're seeing them coming uh, because the opportunity's there, I think yeah. you'll see the same sort of thing. All right, we've got all we've got all spring, summer <laughs> to sort out the twenty twenty three Wolverines, and and we will do it. But uh, let's talk about basketball for a couple of minutes before we jump off of here. We saw the the uh, the bad and the good of Juwan Howard's Wolverines <laughs> this week. I thought I felt yeah. like they absolutely blew a game in Iowa oh. that they should have had. They led the whole way. They're up seven with a couple minutes to go. And you cannot – you have not reached the point, I believe, with your execution, your guard play, to uh, to get the shots that you need and pull that thing off. And yet then they bounce right back and, 
and get a nice win at home over a Northwestern team that has, has uh, troubled a, a more than a couple of teams so far. Your thoughts on where they stand right now? Well, you know, I didn't make it down. I, I had a conflict. I, I I didn't make it down to the Northwestern game. So I watched it on the Big Ten Network. And, and Mike DeCourcy, who I've had some really good, you know, Mike, you know, terrific sure. on BTN and, and a great basketball writer, made a really valid point about Hunter Dickinson. And it was a halftime. You know, in the first half, Michigan struggled. They were behind Northwestern, which which is a good team. They've had some quality road wins, uh, Indiana and at Michigan State. But he said, you know, if if Michigan can't figure out how to get Hunter Dickinson involved offensively, um, and, might, and it might be his fault, it might be other players' fault, then they're in serious trouble. And it's true. And it got him a little bit more involved. But when I watched Zach Eady for Purdue get 19 shots off in the first half against Michigan State, Michigan's got to figure out how to get him more shots. And, and maybe that's Hunter looking inward and saying, Do I, am, I, am I rotating the ball out too quickly? or am I, so, but that has to be addressed. But there's one other element, John, that I think needs to be addressed. And, and I have hanging on the words of Fran McCaffrey, the Iowa coach, who went on about he's a big Terrace Reed fan, how he was impressed by him. Terrace Reed has been playing better and better every game. Now, granted, he shoots free throws like Butch Wade. No offense, Butch Wade. I know you watch his podcast. But I mean, it's Brick City. But he, I think he should be inserted in the lineup and have T. Will, Terrence Williams, come off the bench. He's a worth free throw shooter at 68% of the starters because he brings, because Terrace brings so much energy. And with those twin towers, I think with those guys in there where Terrace gets, instead of 18 minutes against uh, the opponent, he gets 30 minutes. When they play Purdue, if you give Terrace 30 minutes against Purdue along with Hunter, they can beat Purdue. They can actually be a legitimate team to beat Purdue. And I think that little tweak in the lineup is going to help this team because I think Doug McDaniel's getting better. Kobe had a really good game, I thought. And Jed Howard, look how good he was against Iowa. So uh, I'm I'm bullish on this team. I think they're going to make the tournament. I think it might be dicey because that back half, those last five games were tough. But that would be my recommendation to Juwan Howard is to consider, you're the coach, consider Terrace Reed in the starting line. Your thoughts on that? Well, okay. I, I like the way you think. Boy, I like the combination. Uh, with Terrace Reed in there with uh, Hunter Dickinson, I, I think that's a lot of uh, of power. They have to work together. I did not like the moment in Iowa when they were both uh, going for the ball and the ball winds up out of bounds. <laughs> yes. um, but I, I, I would agree with that. I, I think that uh, Terrace Reed will become more and more a major factor, uh, but he, he's got to uh, put in the time at the line. Um, <clears throat> maybe you can hire – the, the guy from the, the Pistons. I think he was Feline. around. He was, he was around here for a while. Yeah, get, uh, bring him in as uh, the free throw shooting coach. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that there is a lot to the other thing that I referenced, and that is getting these guards to, in the toughest times, on the road, tough situation, to facilitate the best possible shot. And uh, that you're working hand in hand with the coaches drawing it up, but also uh, getting these guys to to understand. And I'm talking about, uh, you know, I'm looking at you, Doug McDaniel and Kobe Bufkin to uh, to understand how to make it happen, how to get the spacing, how to uh, to lead this team in a way that you are getting put away points 
at the right time instead of seeing that Iowa chip away and and get the the uh, what was a ridiculous four point play at the uh, end of regulation. Well, not only yeah. not only because of uh, you're too close to the guy, but because it was a horrible call. But yeah. if you're not if you're not as close as you were to the th- three point shooter, then you're not going to get it. Um, one more thing, and I think you may have answered this in saying that you want to switch, see the, the switch of Terrace Reed into the starting lineup. Uh, my question is, Michigan makes the NCAA tournament if. It is Tom Crawford's if, whether they make that switch. If not, what is it? Oh, I think that, yeah, I think that's a, a prominent part of it, absolutely, if, if, they, if, if Terrace Reed gets more than 18 minutes a game because he brings so much energy in. You got Cheddar Cheese, my man Cheddar Cheese coming off the bench, and he's looking good. Um, and 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 he brings energy. Uh, and, and I think T. Will, uh, much like uh, I'm going back to that thing, having him come off the bench, uh, is Isaiah Levers went from starter to bench. I think when when Duncan Robinson they did a switch on that, and look how and remember how it energized that team in the back half. Mm-hmm. And Isaiah Livers, who I admire so much, one of my favorite players. Just you know, just embrace that idea. And he wasn't a starter. And he, he did terrific. Okay, um, do something like that. I think will would that they will make the tournament if that happens. And then Hunter's got to get not eight shots a game, not nine shots a game. They, they got to get. He's got to get fifteen to eighteen shots a game. Come on, he's. I mean, this guy's a preseason All American. He's. They got to figure out how, and he's got to figure out how to get more shots and be more involved offensively. He's doing a great job defensively. Then, then I then they'll make the NCAA tournament. But it's that it's that lineup change. I think it sits at the core of that, in my opinion. Very good, and I like I like the way you think. Always interesting. I will go with this. I think if uh, Doug McDaniel and Kobe Bufkin make as much progress from now till a month from now as they have as they did from the start of the season to the first month in. Yeah. Uh, then, then this team makes the tournament because yeah. I really see both of those guys as as uh, being cast into a situation they hadn't been in before, being yeah. starters in uh, against great competition. I, I think they've gotten better and better and better. If they continue that upward ascent, uh, I, I just think that uh, this is, this team's going to be able to, you know, to get it done and get in the tournament. You know, John, good point about Doug McDaniel. We got to keep in mind. I mean, this. I mean, my God, realistically, I mean. When you think about Michigan freshman guards like Xavier Simpson and Derek Walton, who ended up great careers, they they were kind of weaned in a little bit on this, you know. Exactly. I mean, they didn't have an injury, and all of a sudden, Dadwick Daniels is starter. And I thought, you know, to be honest with you, I know he committed that. I mean, I think he's done a terrific job. And the one thing I like about Doug McDaniel, then I know we got to go, but when I'm I'm trying to think of what game it was, I think it was the uh, the Lipscomb game, okay. When he had uh, he had a bad game shooting, but he ended up with like eight rebounds or some crazy thing like that. And I asked him, I mean, you know, your game was kind of weird. Well, flip, you got all these. He says, he said, he looked at me and goes, I had to do something. I have to contribute to my team. And that's that response told me a lot about that young man that he wants to be a team. He wants to contribute positively to this team. This might be another one of those Xavier Simpson type guys. Derek Wall type guys that we're going to look back and, and find memories of having a great career at point guard for Michigan. Well, and let it be known that it was Tom Crawford that said earlier in this season, talking about Michigan basketball, 
look, I'm I'm getting a little leery or a little tired of of you know the transfer guard in. Yeah. When are we, when are we going to have uh, this college, young like, yeah, young guy year. come in and be yeah. a, a three or four year yes. guard? Well, you may have it. You may yes. have it, but yes. and, and we'll see his how he does. So great job as All always. Right. always. Lots fun, of fun. Man. Fantastically uh, uh, well done. I just want to uh, to say we will be back again next week. Uh, <laughs> we'll see who uh, we might have in to uh, to also weigh in yeah. on Jim Harbaugh because everybody's talking about that. And uh, we will also ramp up the basketball talk. We're going to have some basketball guests yeah. uh, down the road, and yeah. they will be very interested, uh, interesting for uh, folks to listen in on. Tom, once again, thanks much, and uh, you take care. We'll see you in a week. All right, John. Always a pleasure. Talk to you next week. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.